Hello, hello, hello! Happy Monday, awesome week! I am so excited to come into this podcast with a lot of energy and also mindfulness. I thought they were opposing. In fact, a lot of people have misunderstood me because they couldn't really picture me an amazing, wonderful... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. Uh, they thought, oh, because Monica is so hyperactive and how could she be also meditating and doing yoga? It's like they couldn't see the relationship. And at the same time, some people are, you know, very active and type A kind of impatient and they might not be able to sit to, for meditation to do something mindful. And the good news is that you don't have to sit. And I found this amazing book. Where was it? Was it on Amazon? And I think I bought this at Barnes & Noble also. It's called Mindfulness to Go. How to meditate while you're on the move. Yay, David Harp. I love it. And I want to read you the chapter on mindfulness, what it is, why and how. Because yes, I learned that you can meditate not only sitting down, which is cool, and I can do it, but yeah, I could also meditate while walking, which is something that I just did while walking my dogs. I was doing some meditation and I decided to share it with you guys. And yes, I do think that you are wonderful, you are awesome, and that you have to be shining like I told you yesterday in the Sunday prayer. Because yes, we are here to do something great. We cannot be putting ourselves down like I always did my whole life practically you know, just criticizing myself to the point of pain and suffering and misery. And I decided not to do that anymore. So sometimes you're going to hear me say something that might sound a little bit too high self-esteem, like, oh, I'm wonderful. But please take it with a grain of salt and understand where I'm coming from. I'm really maybe even being an example for you to rise above what you were putting yourself as you know sometimes we think everybody else is superior and we put everybody on a pedestal and that's not cool let's not put ourselves on a pedestal either I'm not saying that I don't think I'm better nor worse than anyone but I do have the right to speak up I do have the right to be who I am and I do have the right to be mindful even though I'm also active yes and it's fun so yeah, let's jump into the chapter and practice a bit and hopefully this is going to diminish your stress because guess what? Stress, talking about the bad stress, the distress, is the main cause of most disease. So if we can just learn to manage our stress levels, seriously, or like we say in coaching, eliminate it completely, like there's no stress only like the stress of the stimulus that actually drives you into action, like the hustle, that kind of stress is important, you know, to activate you, to get better, to be better at your game, at your business, at your work, at your relationships. You know, I think that kind of um, stimulus is fundamental. That's why I wouldn't eliminate stress, but you know what I mean. It's eliminate the anxiety, eliminate the bad feelings about yourself and it's almost impossible it's like even the highest energy people that i have met in the world even the most successful that i admire even my mentors they have some days that are not so great but you know they pick themselves up and you know they get back on their track and yes i do believe that we are human and this is therefore a human experience and it is a journey 
But isn't it cool to know that you can actually meditate while you're on the go? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I would pick up this book, okay? So, Mindfulness to Go, How to Meditate While You're on the Move by David Harp, M.A. And what caught my attention was that you can stay calm and focused no matter what. Most people don't start mindfulness meditation to become saints or gurus. They're just tired of feeling stressed and are looking for effective ways to get a grip on their emotions and, quite simply, to calm down. If you're among them, feel free to leave your incense and meditation pillow at home. Mindfulness to Go is your pocket guide to reaping the benefits of meditation just about anywhere you might find yourself throughout your busy day. This on-the-go guide to mindfulness helps you get better at turning your focus away from the frustrations of daily life and toward the thoughts and feelings that can do you the most good. Starting with the most basic exercises, you'll work your way to creating a personal mindfulness strategy that will help you remain cool, calm, and collected in every situation, no matter what life throws at you. David Harp, MA, is a corporate speaker, cognitive behavioral therapy trainer, and author of numerous books, including The Three-Minute Meditator, Neuropath Therapy, and Metaphysical Fitness. He lives in Middlesex. Uh, what's that? Um, oh dear, VT is Vermont, right? <laughs> I'm glad I remembered. So I'm gonna have to get the other books, but I'm fascinated with this one, and I think I read the whole thing, but I haven't practiced all the amazing exercises. So let's go one step at a time, and I'm just gonna share this with you. And yes, I'm also gonna review it, and hopefully, you and I will. Get more calm, cool, collected anytime at our wish, no matter what's going on around us, okay? Because it's not your circumstances, and this I'm telling you, you know this. Many authors have said it with different words. It is your attitude that really determines your altitude, and it really determines your actions, and therefore your habits, and guess what? Your habits determine your character, and your character is really going to be determined, especially when you compound it with your purpose in life. As Viktor Franklin said in his famous book, A Man's Search for Meaning, which I also have to review and I would love to share it with you guys. Okay, so you, we do have to have a purpose. So no matter what's going on, people are going crazy, crazy, crazy. Don't get caught up in that hysteria. That's ridiculous. Don't waste your time. We have something important to do in this world, and maybe those circumstances are precisely your challenge in order to grow. Okay, now, chapter one, mindfulness. What, why, and how? Life is motion. From the orbits of the subatomic particles that provide the stuff of the universe to the migrations of species, movement is an intrinsic part of life. Yet many of us think that mindfulness, the transformative state of being that I'll describe in a moment, can be practiced only during a state of stillness, of sitting quietly in a bedroom or monastery. That's just not true. <laughs> okay, the book actually says that's not just wrong, it's counterproductive. Because we can both learn to be mindful, then become mindful on the go. In fact, for many of us, learning to be mindful is actually easier when we do it while going about the movements of our regular daily life. What is mindfulness? 
There are many ways to define mindfulness. My own convenient, simple, and most importantly, useful definition might be stated like this. The state of mind in which we can choose either to be fully aware on many different levels, whether physical, mental, or philosophical, at once, or to focus our awareness on any of these various levels at will. Perhaps you feel as though you can already do this, stay aware of different levels of perception or focus upon any of them at will, and perhaps you can. Walking down a quiet country road at night, you may find it easy to look up at the stars and marvel at the universe, then listen to the sound of your own footsteps in the road. Of course, driving down a congested street during rush hour with a car full of squabbling passengers and a gas gauge Below empty may be a different story. So let's be honest with ourselves. Most of us, myself included, it's easier to preach than to practice, allow our minds and thoughts to have a great deal of control over our emotions, our words, and our actions. Cultivating a state of mindfulness, you're right, oh, excuse me, it's just that uh, I dropped my computer a little bit. Okay, no big deal. So. Uh -huh. Cultivating a state of mindfulness helps us to notice these unuseful thoughts, remember how to short-circuit the negative consequences they will produce if allowed to continue, and turn the focus of our attention back to the necessities of the situation. The exercises in this book will help you foster the state. Interesting. Next chapter says, well, the next, uh, within the chapter one, okay, next section says, how mindfulness differs from meditation. Mindfulness is the state we wish to achieve. Meditations are the exercises we do to get there. The relationship between the state of mindfulness and the meditation exercises that you'll begin practicing shortly is like the relationship between the state of being a great baseball player and the exercises of running, weight training, batting practice, and catching practice. Got it? What is mental muscle? I like this. Mental muscle is my own term for the ability to use the senses to direct the brain's attention to any particular object. Some objects, such as James Bond movie, grab and hold our full attention with exciting chase scenes, beautiful faces and bodies, and villains with great lines. But staying focused on something that is not intrinsically interesting has certain costs to, to you. That's why our school teachers rarely asked us to give or turn our attention to lists of state capitals or timetables. They told us to pay attention to them. Focusing on things that are easy to focus on, whether Hollywood movies or our own fears or angers, does not require mental muscle. The opposite is true. When we lack mental muscle, our attention naturally gravitates to those thoughts or things that are the most compelling or engrossing for us. Guys, relax. Talk about mindfulness. They're fighting. Okay. Okay. Okay, let me go here. Thanks. So, back to our amazing book, Mindfulness to Go. And let me see if I can share a few more minutes with you. I find it fascinating and I hope you love it too. And, you know, just being able to understand this and use it. That's the thing. I agree with the author because he says that, you know, um, the state of mind that has to be useful for us to get back to what we need to be focused on. So, we were on mental muscle, okay. Uh-huh, so some things don't require mental muscle. When we lack mental muscle, our attention naturally gravitates to those thoughts or things 
that are the most compelling or engrossing for us, even when this is not desirable. If you find yourself thinking about lunch when you're supposed to be working, or about work when you're supposed to be lunching, you could probably stand to build up your mental muscle. It's simple to understand how to build physical muscle, you know, barbell curls for biceps, crunches for abdominal muscles, but it's not easy to find the time or the will to practice the exercise over and over until you get the desired results. Desired results, okay. Just as physical muscle results from doing physical exercise, mental mus muscle results from doing meditate. Oh my goodness, what's going? Okay, Monica, paciencia. How do you say meditative exercises? Okay, yeah, simple, right? But again, not easy for many of us, especially for those of us who have never found a style or program of meditation that we can easily understand and then stick to. Okay, the author has uh, birds, bats, barnacles, and bees, why we need to become more mindful, and you know, the most important thing, uh, yeah, I think I'll read you the rest of the chapter. I think it's fun and useful for you and for me. So, in my earlier work, I developed the concept of birds, bats, barnacles, and bees in relation to meditation practice. These animal terms, simplistic though they may be, are an easy way to acknowledge the fact that most people have preferred modes of perceiving, processing, and using information. Birds have great eyesight. An eagle can spot a mouse from a mile up. People who are like birds, in my terminology, will tend to prefer visually-based meditation exercises, and they may prefer to learn meditation by a visual method, a person or DVD, rather than a book or CD. Bats, as you may have guessed, are audio-preferring folk. They probably enjoy mantra, mantra, you know, sound-based meditations, and will want to learn by listening, not looking or feeling. Barnacles don't get around much, nor do they want to. They live in one place, and their tiny feathery fingers constantly taste and test the water. Barnacle people like taste and smell meditations, or meditations that involve noticing physical sensation while one is not moving, such as focusing attention on the feeling of one's rear as it sits in a chair. That brings us to the bees. Bees and I include myself in this category, says the author, are busy, kinetic, in constant motion. You can guess what type of meditation exercises are most likely to be preferred by and be most effective in fostering mindfulness for us bees. Meditations that produce a state of mindfulness in motion. Why we need to become more mindful. There are lots of good reasons to understand and then cultivate a state of mindfulness. It is many-level pursuit. Yes, it is a many-level pursuit, not unlike learning a martial art. Some might begin a study of, say, Taekwondo with the goal of getting into slightly better shape. Others might begin with the intention of both getting into shape and becoming better able to defend themselves. A rare few start Taekwondo to practice with the ultimate goal of winning a medal at the Olympics or of becoming so adept at the sport that it becomes a spiritual discipline in itself. Achieving these latter goals would naturally require tremendous commitment of time and energy and, most likely, a natural aptitude for the sport. Virtually anyone can learn to enjoy skiing or painting or tennis or boxing to some extent, but only a few are physically and mentally capable of becoming a Bode Miller, a Public Picasso, a Serena Williams, or a Muhammad Ali. Similarly, it's possible to take a mindfulness practice to many levels. 
Not many will become fully enlightened gurus or saints, and that's fine, because integrating even small amounts of mindfulness practice into daily life can have an immediate and beneficial effect. How? In three words. Mindfulness reduces stress. So what? Well, in 2007, 2007, the American Psychological Association conducted a study called Stress in America. Of 1,848 adults, 77% reported experiencing physical symptoms related to stress within the previous month, and 73% of the participants reported experiencing psychological symptoms related to stress within the previous month. And that was before the recession hit. If you've bothered to pick up this book and read even this far, you probably believe that a meditation-based mindfulness practice might very well improve your life. You don't need to aspire to guru status or sainthood, although you can if you like. You just want to reduce your stress level. But in the process, you're also likely to improve your control of the emotions of anger and fear, interpersonal relationships, improve your communication, Oh my goodness, communication skills! Ability to handle unhealthy desires, whether they involve sex, food, or watching junk online or on TV. Issues with any kind of performance anxiety, from golf to test taking. And uh, it says here, with practice and patience, you'll increase your level of self-awareness. You'll be calmer overall and more responsive to any situation. If you have a religious or spiritual orientation, you may choose to deepen your pursuit of mindfulness to enhance your sense of connectedness to what some call God and others call spiritual consciousness or the underlying ground of being. But perhaps most importantly for most of us, simply knowing what mindfulness is and having some practice in achieving it will give us a tool that we can take use anywhere, anytime to put ourselves in charge of our own lives. Okay, so before I sum up, I was wondering if this had... Hey, I did something crazy. You know, I had to leave the room and then I found a place here and no excuses. I'm right back with you summing it up. Mindfulness is a state in which we can choose to be fully aware of many different levels of perception at once. There are many levels of mindfulness, but even the most basic will give you immediate benefits by reducing stress. When we are in the mindful state, we have increased control over what we're paying attention to. We are controlling our minds, not vice versa. Meditations are mental exercises that build mental muscle. Mental muscle is what allows us to have the power and discipline to choose where our attention goes. And I decided to jump into chapter three, okay, where it shows us and explains the most basic mental muscle exercises and let's go to exercise number one so you and i start practicing now i mean i already practiced it today but i don't mind doing it again because it's so good and besides this would be like a review so exercise one is walking and counting meditation number one stand up I just did because I was in a squat. <laughs> Remember, I have recommended for you to be squatting and I do the same. So number one, stand up, mentally prepare to count each step you take. You'll be counting each one every time your foot hits the floor. Number two, walk around the room at a medium slow pace. If you are outside or in a very large room, just walk in a circle that will take you 10 or 20 seconds to circumnavigate. 
and three as you walk. Mentally count the number of steps that it takes you to complete the task. Make sure, make sure you count every step. It's important. And then sit back down. Okay, are you ready? Let's do it together. <laughs> I'm putting the book down. I'm actually going to do it with you for a couple of minutes, okay? So, you're up, right? Okay, now let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Keep going. Five, six, seven, eight. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And yes, you can do it counting out loud, or maybe you just want to count privately. Okay, let's say you're at a park. You don't have to say one, two, <laughs> unless you're alone or you don't mind. I don't know. It's up to you, but isn't it fun? And that's it, basically. And you'll do this for 10 or 20 seconds, and you just mentally count the number of steps that it takes you to complete the task. So that's it, really? That's it, so simple? I'm reviewing this, really? What I just read, that's it, very simple. So maybe we can do it for one more minute. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's it. That was 30 seconds, and it feels so good. It reduces stress. Wow, I like it. Meditation in motion, you guys. Pick up the book. I love it. And I'm going to keep uh, sharing passages and exercises and chapters of Mindfulness to Go, How to Meditate While You're on the Move by David Harp. Maybe I'll contact this author and say thank you for helping us stay calm and focused no matter what. That's the idea. Thank you so much for listening, and I would really appreciate it if you went to iTunes and left a review. Thank you, thank you in advance, and make it an awesome week. Okay, I love you. Thank you. Uh, bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs>